This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Brentford beaten just about, but do the three points even count if City had six empty seats? It's Thursday the 22nd of February. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. And this is the City Reports Podcast. It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now, at last, champions of Europe. Manchester City are kings of Europe. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. There are significantly more people here than there were at the Etihad Stadium on Tuesday night um, by one, um, obviously, if you hadn't know, uh, empty stadium, of course. Um, you're home for daily Manchester City content, as always. Uh, Adam, hello. Um, enjoyed the Brentford review. Um, you and your free Yanks, your, your American freeway. Um, yeah, it was a good listen. My American three-way. I never thought I'd hear that phrase uttered on this podcast. But yeah, it was, it was very enjoyable. If you haven't listened, go back and listen. And um, I'd say even go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes in the week as well as we kind of pick through the the crisis that was the 48 hours post-Chelsea. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's nothing against you and Joe at all. I honestly mean this, but I could listen to Alex speak all day about his tactical insights and his um, the way he watches the game, which I, I find fascinating. There was a bit in there um, about, I think it was the sort of the system and, and, and the players around that and how, you know, I think he mentioned something along the lines of if, if you're doing that three, two, then your front five has to be a front five. And that was not necessarily something I'd, um, really thought about before. So yeah, it was a really good, interesting listen. Um, what have we got installed for you today? Well, we're going to sort of pick up the pieces. There's been a few news stories. It's, it's a while since we've done one of these episodes because it seems like every single week there's been a major talking point for us to cover personnel, charges, FFP, match previews, reactions, whatever. So, for the first time in a while, we're going to just sort of, you know, a few bits and bobs on different news stories that have popped up. Um, 
I want to start with something that came out of yesterday's game. We'll, we'll lead with this then. Um, Manchester City, obviously, uh, famous for not having any fans at all. So we just pay all of the listeners who are, who are now uh, tuning into this episode. But, um, yeah, again, and, and it feels like it's been brewing for a couple of weeks. This whole empty seat chat, blah, blah, blah. You know, we've probably spoken about it before. I can't quite remember, but it feels now like I'm hesitant to say significant people and significant um figures you know people with influence let's say uh you can uh, attribute as much significance as you want to them are waning in on the debate city won the treble they're the most valuable club in the world but they've got a few empty seats in the first five minutes of a midweek game you know it's just nonsense isn't it it's absolute bollocks yes i, I would say that to the question why does a team with you know, a plethora of superstars, the best manager in the world, a great stadium, just won the treble, big games to play every single week. Why are there empty seats at times in games? To that question, I'd say, yes, you have a point, but it's completely mm-hmm. ignoring all of the outside context as to why these yeah. circumstances may arise, like public transportation to and from games on a Tuesday night, the cost of tickets, which we've discussed on this episode Numerous times. I mean, I went and looked just for shits and giggles about three or four hours before kickoff. There was plenty of tickets still still available at about 55 pounds, which, Mm. you know, I pay. Obviously, it's a different circumstance. What's that in dollars for the... um, I think it's about about a little over $60. Yeah, which is which, which I is guess crazy. For Americans, uh, but but we, we've had this conversation before, haven't we? For Americans who pay, I don't know, two hundred bucks for a NHL game or five hundred to go and watch an NFL match. You know, whatever the price is at. You know, a, a lot of the time when when um, UK you know fans will say, "Oh my god, the prices are expensive." They go, "Oh yeah, but in America it costs X amount, or it costs this amount, blah blah." But it's the it's almost the habitual. Uh, ritual of of going to a football match and you sort of you have these you have 19 home games a season not including cup matches not including Champions Leagues people do have to pick and choose and it isn't just the case of so one day we'll go to this game you know it's a big day out blah 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 you know you do have to kind of um, prioritise matches and and um, also eating and living as well as those other sort of vital um, uh, parts of life yeah and I think on the American point we also don't have a culture here because of the size of the country, because of how few professional sports teams there actually are, given how many people there are here. Um, we don't have a culture here of going and supporting your team home and away every six days or every three days. And if you're mm. a city fan, um, you go once or twice a year. So, you know, you might be spending $400 to see your local NFL team a year, but a, a city fan that goes every single week that doesn't have a season, season ticket is spending that in a month. And they're going yeah. 10 months out of the year. So it, you know, there's plenty of context. And um, it's a real shame because I think it's an issue that football fans could come together on. You know, there's tickets mm. to, as as we record, Liverpool are kicking off with Luton at the moment. There was tickets available at Anfield tonight, but they were going for about 70 pounds. A lot mm. of people can't spend that, especially if you got to take, you know, your son and daughter to the game as well. A lot of people can't drop, you know, whatever three times, 210 pounds, uh, mm you know, mm. out of nowhere. So 
yeah, I'm, and I'm, that I'm doesn't include getting to the ground, getting to the food. You know, kids yeah. are hungry beings, aren't they? Um, I think they'll, you know, concessions in the ground, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, it, like, like you say, it is boring. And and the other thing is, I you know, I think there's probably one specific tweet right that sparked this whole ticket debate this week, and and that that mm. tweet said something along the lines of, "How is this the most valuable club in the world?" Or blah 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 blah. If you think that. City won't become the most valuable club in the world because they sell 55,000 tickets instead of 56,000. Um, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> and that's that. Um, yeah, I think that's, I, I sort of, at the start of that little ramble, said you can attribute as much significance as you want to said person who said said tweet. And I think that's probably the best way to leave it. Um, yeah, I, it, it is just absolute bollocks. There was a great piece in the MEN um, about this sort of saying, you know, it, it's an easy jibe weirdly um and don't get me wrong football isn't for everyone sort of attending if you watch at home you watch at home that you're just as much of a fan in my eyes as someone who goes up and down the country but it tends to be the ones that don't make that sacrifice from other clubs who seem to have the most to say um because it, you know don't get me wrong brentford at home and on a february would you still only a couple months out from christmas times are hard for most people it does take a little bit to get up for it however um ironically the etihad was pretty bouncing on tuesday night for um for that game i don't know if it, did that translate over the tv i think you might have said a comment similar sort of thing um i found the atmosphere for what it was anyway to be pretty decent yeah i think it helped that the chelsea game went the way it did um mm. and the first 45 minutes or so of the brentford game went the way it did because i think there was um a bit of anxiety in the stadium and it was, that was coming through the, the television set. So I think that helped in a sense that, you know, football fans respond to that anxiety in one of two ways. They either sit there on their hands and they get really afraid mm. and quiet or they get behind the team. And thankfully for city on, on Tuesday night, the fans got behind the team and um, it was kind of funny though. Guardiola was having a weird manic day on the touchline at times he was trying to g up the crowd and then the crowd would get too loud and get behind the the team too much then he was trying to calm them down and quiet them so uh, i don't really know exactly what he wanted Mm, yeah it was weird obviously um following it afterwards on twitter and it was pep guardiola is telling the crowd to calm down then about two scrolls later pep guardiola is asking for more noise from the city fans um it was all a bit weird um pep guardiola had a a pretty manic night in general obviously um he as most listeners would have seen by now it was doing the rounds yesterday um he went on a a sort of an uncounted for attack on on our profession adam um that the industry of journalism um by essentially saying why would anybody ever want to be a journalist my life is so much better than yours um obviously said with a much straighter face than you and i are are giggling through the uh through the laughter with right now because jesus christ that had a reaction speaking of empty seats reaction I i don't know which one's worse honestly um we won't name drop because we have integrity and i.e. would also like maybe one day to have a job at some of these publications but quite well known names have come out with some ridiculous sentiments in relation to this issue which is crazy because some of the the outlets and the individuals that have responded in such a sensitive manner to this um to what pep said are people that are probably in every single one of pep's press conferences and he makes comments like this probably once a week it just so happened to be aimed at journalists this time instead of players or physios or whoever that he's aiming a or little fans big at. Or that fans. he's often gone at a lot of time and it doesn't really get picked up, which I think is 
10 times worse. But, you know, if you go, if you make little digs, whether they were supposed to be funny or serious or whatever, at the people who control the narrative, then they're going to control the narrative. Mm, yeah, nicely said. Um, I, there, there may be some people who are scratching their heads going, what on earth is uh, are these two going on about? Basically, Sam Lee, who is obviously esteemed Manchester City correspondent for The Athletic. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how far Pep Guardiola and Sam Lee's relationship goes, but he's he's in every press conference basically for the last seven years or so. They've, um, I'm pretty sure Insane Guardiola has sort of name-dropped him at times. They have had um, a, f- a few discussions. I saw a great tweet from someone actually saying, I, I genuinely can't work out if, if Guardiola hates or adores Sam Lee because of the way he speaks. But I mean, it's almost like a little adopted child at times, the way he, he communicates with him. Um, called him Mr. Lee in this altercation. But you can clearly see in, in the full video that it's very tongue in cheek. He's laughing, he's giggling. Um, and I think as well, it's worth mentioning. And this goes, this goes to a point of, of, um, sort of a bit deeper. And a few times Guardiola's made comments that have maybe looked a little bit out of pocket, but this is, this isn't his mother tongue. You know, he's displaying sarcasm in a language which he isn't sort of natural to. He's had to learn it on, on the side or whatever. And that, I, I don't know. Anyway, I find that dead impressive because to understand sarcasm is one thing, but then to sort of portray it yourself. And you can tell maybe that he's spending a little bit too much time in Manchester because um, he's sort of by the day becoming a little bit more Mancunian and you just expect him to one day rock up in a, in, I don't know, in a, in a park or in a, a pair of gazelles. Yeah, I mean, considering I can't even order a bowl of soup in any other language, it is impressive that he can, <laughs> you know, change his tone in multiple different languages. Um, mm. No, this this whole thing was just totally ridiculous. And, you know, we've seen people like Jurgen Klopp treat journalists horribly. Mm. Have, yeah. we seen, have we seen the same sort of outrage at the slight against the industry then? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, he was the report for BT Sport who had a, a quite a public spot. It might have been Des Kelly or someone like that who, for like five weeks on the trot, Klopp just name drops uh, unexplicitly in most of his ramblings. Um, uh, right, okay, that, that, that's a couple of the issues done. Um, I guess we'll park Brentford. Is is there anything football-related, non-football-related, even non-Brentford-related, any problems you might be struggling with at the moment that you want to bring up before we bounce for uh, the first part of this podcast? And in, in part two, we'll, we'll probably chat a little bit about um, our our very own noisy neighbour across the road who's had a few comments to make, so, so that's to come. But Adam, anything else from the sort of last week or so I guess the best thing to say is it's good to have got that win because I think I'd be, we've been coming on here after the Chelsea game mixed opinions on if it was a good point or bad point blah blah but had we not beaten Brentford it would have been pressing that crisis button it just we can maybe just little chill out a little bit yeah I think it was after the Chelsea game one of those games that you just get the win you get the three points and um, you know you move on to bigger and better things coming up which you know we're coming into a stretch that's going to be a massive season defining game every four or five days. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think, yes, it's good to get the win. I'd probably like to see city purring a bit more as we head into, um, into March, but obviously they've got a couple of weeks left to, to be able to get into that mood. But, um, I do have one non-related, non-football related, um, issue Ooh. to bring up. OG, absolute OG listeners may remember a segment that we used to have at the very beginning of this podcast when it was just you and I. It was called Booker's Bone to Pick. And I, I think would, it was just you and I listening, to be honest. It might have been just you and I else. listening, yeah. But I, uh, I would just come on here and complain about something. You tell me if this is an appropriate 
interaction I had last night, Amos, because I'm very <laughs> upset about it. Last night, I went to the Portland Timbers fan forum where our new manager, Phil Neville, and the GM and the CEO and a new signing, Kamal Miller, came and you could ask them questions and blah, 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 blah. It was an open bar. However, I am not drinking alcohol at the moment because somehow at the age of 27, I have a stress-induced oh. stomach ulcer. Um, so I went up to the bartender and I said, do you have any non-alcoholic beer? And she's, mm. she said, yeah, go around the corner. I went around the corner and it was just Coke and seltzers. That's not an appropriate response to my question, is it? I was absolutely fucking fuming all night. I had one I had one question I was allowed to ask the panel of the GM of my local club, the mm. manager of my local club, and I wanted to ask them about that fucking bartender. <laughs> That's quite a bone to pick. Um quickly before the break, do you know what Phil Neville's dad is called? Um let's see, they've got Phil, they've got Gary. I don't know, something like Stephen. He's Phil and Is it Gary Neville Neville's Neville? dad. It's Neville Neville. Okay, actually, I He's, did know that, yeah. Yeah, um, which a, a truly fascinating family. Um, I think they could possibly do a documentary on them. Anyway, that'll do for part one. Our ramblings continue in part two. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report Podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. Um, right, okay, like I said at the top, this is a little bit of a, a whistle-stop tour, easy for me to say, episode where we go through a little bit of the talking points that have happened um, last what, 24 hours in, in, in this week. If you are looking for detailed analysis, and like I said, it, re- it really was detailed, a really good listen, go back on your podcast feed. The Brentford Review should still be available to listen. Um Okay, so Sir Jim Ratcliffe, um, to give him his full title over in Stretford, has has had a few words to say. And unlike Manchester United officials of past, they've been rather complimentary about Manchester City. Um, I find it mad. And, you know, as we've mentioned multiple times, and is what it is. People come to this club from different eras, different backgrounds, different times. There's some people who've been here for 50 years or some people who've been here for five months. It is what it is. But personally speaking, I find it absolutely crazy that a Manchester United part owner, probably going to be majority owner in the next, what, five years, is... (laughs) for want of a better phrase, twerking for Manchester City this much. Some of his comments are um, incredible. He basically said the Real Madrid game at home in the Champions League was the best ever football I've ever seen. If, and this is a direct quote, if we can ever get to that point, then that will be a great achievement for Manchester United. 
the the holy club, Manchester United, and he's saying that about Little City. As Michael Scott from the American Office once said, "Oh, how the turntables!" <laughs> <laughs> Look, True. it's 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 incredible. I don't think any of us probably would have ever imagined we'd get to this point. It, it's funny because even even though we as a club now exist in this bubble of um, being one of the super clubs and winning Champions Leagues and having a superstar player like Erling Holland going on you know world tours and selling out stadiums in Asia and blah 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 all, all of that but stuff. not in Manchester but not in but Manchester no, yes. Perhaps, dare I suggest, <laughs> we move the club to Hong Kong? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that that would be good for the carbon footprint of um, the planet, won't it? That's basically the Super League, anyways, right? Um, <laughs> One Taylor Swift um, journey. Yeah, um, we've seen their, you know, admiration in things like going after Jason Wilcox and going after Omar Barada. And, um, you know, they're probably going to go after Pep Guardiola in the next couple of years as well. At, at this <laughs> and Moonbeam. And, and Moonbeam and you and, and I. This, this is probably going to be <laughs> the United Report podcast when they offer us a fat, fat salary in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, DMs are open. Name your price, Mister Ratcliffe. Um, yeah, it, it's truly baffling. You know, he's he's sort of he, he's come out and he's said a lot, and I think some of it is actually um, quite interesting. He, he's uh, for, for me anyway, sort of being from this area. But he said to uh, sort of uh, going on about. Um, uh, London-centric sort of policies from the government and why can't there be, and he's referring to Old Trafford, why can't be, there be a Wembley of the North? And a lot of it is sort of PR talk, don't get me wrong. But, you know, if, if you're a United fan and you've just had, what, 15 years or so of the Glazer family hemorrhaging near enough every single living being out of the club and, and turn it into a little bit of a cash cow, you can understand why United fans would be getting excited. But I guess the question we have to ask, Adam, is... it. it is this genuine for for Manchester United? Are they going to be, as we've heard, sort of Goldbridge and every other United fan content creator over the last years? You know, this is Manchester United we're speaking about. Are they ever going to get back? Because I think it's interesting to speak about the fact that football has changed from the sort of the 1990s when Sky Sports came in. And I still maintain that United got lucky because they were there at the right time. And they sort of granted, you know, the, the 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 blow up in pop culture and celebrity status, and they had a few homegrown talents, David Beckham, you know, whatever. They, they rode a re- they, they rode a wave, and they did well. Really, let's they let's did really well from it. We're not the United Report podcast yet. Let's call it. Let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> they they and a number of other clubs pulled the ladder up when they had the chance. Yes. Yeah, and and that was of course led by Manchester United, and the, and they've reaped the rewards since. They have you know unbelievable turnover, and then they're still straddled in in debt. Football's changed a lot, hasn't it? And do you think they can genuinely? Um, I think Ratcliffe dis- dis- described it as knocking City and Liverpool off their perch, which which is another feather in City's cap. But do you think they can get there soon enough to for it to be an issue for City? I'm very torn on all of the decisions they've made since um, Sir Jim Ratcliffe came in because Omar Barada signing, fantastic. Dan Ashworth, fantastic. Jason Wilcox, fantastic. Um, however, is this not just at a boardroom level what United have done for the past 10 years, which is throw a bunch of money at the mm. biggest names in that position? But the, I don't know if it'll necessarily translate in the way that you know they're going to 
just have a team full of individuals that don't do anything. I think all of these executives and, and the recruitment staff and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's all very shrewd moves. However, like you said, football has changed. There is far more competitive teams than there was in the nineties and early two thousands. There's, you know, clubs like Brighton that are spending very little money and able to compete and, and, and things like that. I think with United where their big improvement and their kind of um, joining the rest of us in the 21st century is going to be in things like the facilities, the stadium, all of that kind of stuff. Cause that's, that's really where they're so behind the ball. You know, they're spending enough money on players to keep up. They're not spending the money correctly. They're maybe not getting the correct coaches and stuff that still could happen infinitely. But I think where they'll probably catch up because of the money that they do have is at Old Trafford. It's the area around the ground, all of that kind of stuff. But fine. I don't care if you have a megadome. If you're still spending $100 million on players like Anthony, it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter to me. And, and you, you raise a good point because I feel like that's probably more the mentality of the club and another um, sort of buzzword, buzz phrase that we've heard is that, you know, the, the Man United DNA. And, and it has sort of... It's, this is where this is where I think Guardiola and City and the and the the Barcelona lads and, and I think that's sort of possibly why they targeted City, along with obviously the fact that City have um, shitloads of cash and they can afford these sort of the, the, these personnel facilities etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But they were almost walking into Manchester City with a blank canvas in the sense that they could design the club as as well as they wanted. That's why. Pep didn't stay 10 years at Barcelona because it was a circus and it was as much a football club as it was a political organisation. That's why he only stayed three years at Bayern Munich because it was less sort of intrusive, but there were still people above him who wanted to make decisions. And obviously with the the way that City have sort of built that inner circle around Guardiola, he's he's been able to have um, key personnel around him making the decisions. But at the same time, if Pep Guardiola wants the, the colour of the changing room's walls painted green they'll be painted green if he wants the corner flags to be yellow they'll be yellow you know you get my point but with Manchester United I sound like Gary Neville there um but with Manchester United there is that existing sort of shadow um both metaphorically both physically I think it's a bit sort of weird why Alex Ferguson features on every single Manchester United broadcast of the last sort of what since he left the club 10 years ago um you know he's not the manager anymore stop panning to this sort of poor old man in the in the stands who just is there to watch his football team play but you know it's going to take a lot isn't it and it's not necessarily just going to be a case of getting those people in like you say and even if those people make the right decisions our United fans going to have the patience to have two three years potentially out of European football Granted, they won't be able to financially afford it, but say that is what they needed to rebuild. Are they going to be able to do it? I don't know. Um, and obviously, you still got the Glazers there as well. So it, it, I, I understand the excitement, but at the same time, I think it maybe has to be tempered a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily understand all of the people that are coming out and saying, okay, we're back because we got a new mm. CEO and we've got you know this wonderful new head of recruitment or a new sporting director. Yes, those are the the glaring holes in the club for a number of years. But um, sometimes the environment doesn't work, and you know it, it it all has to gel in a very perfect way that it has been able to do at City. It was able to do at Liverpool for a number of years. Um, there has to be just such a kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? There has to be such a, a synergy between the players, 
the manager, mm. the, the sporting director, the CEO, the owners. It, it all has to kind of be an, a we're all in this together type of environment. And I don't necessarily see that happening anytime soon with with how much turnover there's going to be and how much major, major change they're going to have to make to basically catch up to the rest of us. And then once they've caught up, which who knows how long it takes, then it's a whole other task trying to then usurp those that they've caught up Mm. to. Yeah. Um, And the lesser mentioned issue of um, Ineos Group being... Well, how do you put it nicely? Um, you know, if you want to see, if you want to speak about dodgy owners with Manchester City, and I'm sure there are some genuine points which are well well managed. I'm sure there's plenty of other points which are just total bollocks. But Ineos are not nice guys, are they? Um, in this football landscape, yeah, but it doesn't matter. If you were if no, you were a winning club back in the day, when the good old days when you could buy a you know carton of milk for a pound coin. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You're golden for life. Mm, yeah, that, truly. Uh, like that's that's all it is. That could, mm. you know, shake Jasim if he's real. If have had he taken over the club, um, which by the way, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Sir Jim Ratcliffe hinted at Shake Jasim yeah, potentially not, not being, being real. a real person hilarious. today. Um, <laughs> which that would have been great if a fake person took over United. Um, and they had like some sort of weekend at Bernie's scenario where they were just like marching out some dead Saudi Arabian guy and he was pretending to be Sheikh Jassim. Yeah, it's not going to matter, right? Mm. I know that might be a bit Mm, of a hot potato, but I don't think it's going to matter. As um, Kerry Maguire tweeted underneath one of the announcements, obviously esteemed uh, journalist in in football finance, um, Monaco-based tax exile trying to buy 25% of uh, Man United via an Isle of Man-based shell company investing in Cayman Islands-based company listed in New York, which has paid almost a billion quid to banks in interest for LBO and £166 million of dividends to Florida residents once the UK payer, uh, UK taxpayer cash. Um, he he doesn't sound evil. He it. just just sounds like a really <laughs> smart guy. <laughs> Which I guess in business, you're just the two Amos, You're just exclusive. jealous that you didn't think of doing that first. I am. I am. I am. I'm always jealous, to be honest. Um, I'm jealous of the United Report podcast, but I won't have to worry about that because it'll be us in five years' time when Sir Jim comes to rescue us from the empty stadiums. To bring it full circle, Adam, thank you very much. Thank you, Amos. This felt very good. Yes, it's been um, almost harking back to the old days of when it was just you and I. We'll do this more often. Not you and I. I'll make sure to get somebody else on the panel, but we will Everything do the, changed um... when they came along, Amos. Everything changed. <laughs> And if you have any therapy um, numbers, please do get into in touch with Adam Booker. But listeners, it's been a pleasure as always. Make sure you're following, you subscribe. We will uh, return attention to football matters tomorrow. Bournemouth coming up at the weekend. A probably not a sunny trip to the south coast. It's February in the UK. It'll be pissing down and it'll be cold. Still, um, I'm actually look forward to listeners. It's been a pleasure. Until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.